<laughs> again, again, no, no. Test your literary knowledge. Presented by the Prince Charles Cinema and the Breadcrumbs Collective. This is your host, John the Foster, and I'm here each and every week with my squiddy boy. So, I don't <laughs> I know what it would be like. My child of divorce boy. <laughs> my jizzy boy. Jizzy. Oh, oh, oh. My, uh, uh, what is what do you call it when you steal something? My plagiarizing <laughs> boy. <laughs> oh, my joke. Plagiarizing. Yeah. Fine. This is a song I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Phil? It's okay. Been a while. Mm-hmm. Been a whole toilet break. <laughs> We've managed to uh, make it a whole week, surprisingly, without anyone telling us that we need to do Mortal Kombat Annihilation. We did it. I was really thinking, <laughs> Will? Was Will? Like, Here, here's my good bagel boss money to donate to make you guys do this. So thank you, Will, for Will? not doing that to us. Thank you. I finally got to meet Will. Yeah, you did. Good night. How'd that go? Good night, yeah. Um, I like clucked him outside, and I was like, I recognize you, but like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bother <laughs> this guy. I don't know if he's even coming in. He's just hanging out with a. He had an Iron Maiden dandy. Yeah. Like a, a cutout of like a, it's like a samurai Iron Maiden Eddie for their new album. Um, and I was like, Nah, cool. And I went back in, and then. He, he asked someone if he could leave it in the office <laughs> to like carry it in and it was great it was just like hanging over me all through the last film I forget what he was actually watching and then I at the end of the movie I brought it out and gave it to him and he was just like are you Phil from the podcast because <laughs> everybody recognized my voice but I'm wearing a mask and stuff and I was like yeah and he's like I'm the guy who made you watch the Ewok movie uh, and I was like oh you son of a bitch and he's like I'm Will and I was like out. oh Will <laughs> and then he did it back he, he went Will <laughs> and I was like you gave us like our best running joke and he was like he was like what did you think of the movie and I was like I don't know like you know I'm glad I watched it like in hindsight I'm glad I watched them um, they were awful yeah, and it encouraged. He said it encouraged him to rewatch them, and then he was just like, "Oh God, like you know, you remember things very differently." Um, but and then I said at the end, I was like, "I like to think that we were all a big part of those movies coming onto Disney Plus." Yeah, because it happened soon after. Yeah, someone. I was think like, we started that yeah. conversation online. We're totally patting ourselves on the back here. Yeah, yeah. what Disney? Give me some listenership. Me uh, doesn't say. <laughs> doesn't say the same. But yeah, but, but Will yeah. was very nice, and he was not awkward at all. And not you know, like he said in the tweet. He wasn't. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was awkward. Weren't <laughs> <laughs> we all? Yeah. You we also all? met you met Malcolm as well, didn't you? Speaking of, oh, Malcolm comes in all the time. Speaking yeah. of the devil, um, yeah, Ma- I've met Malcolm comes and he's always very nice. Always very yeah, we talk a little bit. Um, yeah, no, he's a for real regular. Yeah, real fan. Always there. Yeah. Always. Malcolm's great. And speaking of Malcolm, hey, you can support the podcast over oh, the PCC fuck, yeah. podcast. Patreon.com <laughs> forward slash the PCC podcast. Malcolm recently was a good big old boss. Uh, what did he do? He had us talk about Hudson Hawk. And that episode is out there in the wild yeah. now. He asked me like a week ago, what did you think? And I was like, you have to wait. <laughs> you have to wait. You have to wait. You have to wait. <laughs> yeah. Which he seemed appreciative of 
of the episode after it came out. I remember so. it being a really good episode. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Not I mean, a good movie though. It's not a good film. You know, no. it's like he I think he's in the camp of maybe liking Hawk even though it's he knows it's a bad movie. <laughs> that was us we last week it. with Mortal Kombat. We know it's a yeah. bad it's not a good movie, but we like I like it. it. I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's better than not and Hawk. Bruce Willis would have done would have been a good Johnny Cage as well. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Or Raiden. <laughs> oh, if they're going for that vibe, you know. Yeah, I can imagine him as uh, Guile from Street Fighter over John Claude Van Damme. Yeah, and then Van Damme with the hair, though. Yeah, Van Damme and Johnny Cage. Is Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat? Would have been yeah. better. One day. Not Tom Cruise. What the fuck was going Not on Tom last Cruise. week? Oh my god. Tom Cruise and Hudson Hawk. Speaking of last week, we thought we were done with this damn Anderson versus Anderson thing after 15 weeks of pitting the films of Wes Anderson versus Paul Thomas Anderson. And then we gave in and covered a Paul W.S. Anderson movie. And just at the end of last week's episode, we got interrupted by one of Wes Anderson's pals asking if he could be included into consideration. It's time for. Anderson versus Anderson versus Anderson versus film produced by Anderson. <laughs> As you can see, we've had our eye on you for some time now, Mr. Anderson. Anderson, Mr. 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 Anderson, Phil and I were ushered into a battle of life and death. The very stake of Earth on the line with Paul W.S. Anderson's Mortal Kombat. And now this week, we're going to be needing a lot of counseling, Phil. I'm trying. I'm on the waiting list. (laughs) Not because of all the lives that were lost in the epic battle in Outworld last week. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Because while we were playing our ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 on the SNES... We were blissfully unaware that our mommy and daddy were downstairs going through some marital issues. And that will all unfold in what film? By Mr. Noel Baumbach? Oh, oh the squilly and the willy. <laughs> <laughs> the squid and the whale. Yeah. If you can, try and hit it at your mother's backhand. It's pretty weak. Yes. Oh. Joan, I'm sorry. Okay. Your mom and I, we're going to separate. I've got you Tuesday, Wednesday, and every other Thursday. What about the cat? The cat? We didn't discuss the cat. I've got an elegant new house across the park. It's an elegant block, the filet of the neighborhood. Here's a desk for you to do your homework. Dad, this is for a lefty. I've come by to tell you I'm not staying here anymore. Why? Because you cheated on Dad. Your father told you. Under our noses, like a brothel, men coming in and out. You sound like your father. I've never had an affair with a student, though many have come on to me. That's why you might not want to be attached to your age. When am I going to meet Sophie? Uh, She's not gorgeous, but she's cute. Did you like Sophie? She's not the type I go for. Lily is pretty.
work I did at the end of our marriage. Making dinners, cleaning up, being more attentive. It never was going to make a difference. You never made a dinner. I made burgers the time you had pneumonia. <laughs> burgers. A pair of brothers living in 1986 Brooklyn are caught in the middle of, and deeply affected by, the divorce of their erudite parents, Bernard Berkman, played by Jeff Daniels, and Joan Berkman, played by Laura Lenny. Both great casting. Good job. The household tension rises further when Joan's writing career takes off and surpasses the felled ambitions of her professor husband. Older sibling Walt, played by Jesse Eisenberg, sides with his dad and acts out in school by refusing to read books because he is a pretentious piece of shit and only (laughs) regurgitates things that he heard his father say and he also passes off a really popular Pink Floyd song as his own to win a talent contest at school that seems to be full of kids half his age. So uh, (laughs) some win, Walt. Good job. Uh, His younger brother, Frank, played by Owen Klein, quietly backs up his mom, emulating her new boyfriend, Ivan, played by William Baldwin, who just happens to be his tennis coach. My brother. While he's also getting drunk at (laughs) age 12 and sticking cashews up his nose and leaving a trail of jizz everywhere he goes. It's Uh... the 2005 indie drama written and directed by Noel Baumbach, Phil. We only let this guy into Anderson versus Anderson versus Anderson versus, Anderson. versus a film produced by Anderson uh, because, yeah. What? It was produced by Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Wes Anderson. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Can we just play the uh, Mortal Kombat theme again? <laughs> da-da, da-da, yeah. Da-da. Yeah. yeah. Test your might. Squid. Whale. 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 Ivan. Bernard. (laughs) Joan. (laughs) Walt. (laughs) Frank. Lily. Jizz. (laughs) Jizz. Your might. Uh, It's the 2005 (laughs) indie drama written and directed by Noah Bombag. Hot takes out the gate, Phil. The squid and the whale. God, this movie is mad depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like, look, we're in familiar territory here. We're doing daddy issues, mommy issues, family issues, divorces, and uptight intellectual parents and emotionally stunted children. And you've seen what Anderson do it. So it feels, at first you're like, okay, he's doing the same kind of thing. But I like Noah Baumbach's take on it. It's... Mm unsentimental and it's dark and it's mostly unlikable and it's really sharp and really well observed and clearly inspired by <laughs> brutal shit like he's definitely one of those kids he's definitely like Jesse Eisenberg and that's how he grew up and shit yeah it's good because it's very specific in terms of the characters and the situation but it's still really relatable for anyone who's gone through like any child of divorce or anyone who's experienced their parents separating. It's actually really honest and truthful and kind of unbearable in that respect. And the only thing I don't like about it is just it's really unlikable. <laughs> like most of the characters are really unlikable for yeah. most of the movie. They most of them tend to, you know, are sympathetic by the end, but you just you have to sit there and listen to their bullshit through a lot of it. And because the acting is so good like the people are so good in it, they're really good at 
being our kind. Like, <laughs> yeah. I fucking love Jeff Daniels in yeah, this movie. Yeah, holy shit. He's I so think good. it's an absolutely brilliant performance to a fucking fault because he's playing someone who thinks they're brilliant and isn't. But he is. So it's like, oh, it's, it's so strange to watch. Um, or obviously, Laura Linney is good. Jesse Eisenberg is good, even though he's always he's sort of doing the Jesse Eisenberg thing. Yeah. Um, I really love Billy Baldwin in this as well. My brother. Like <laughs> yeah. you've been yeah. you've been teaching my brother those junk shots. My brother. I love. I I just yeah. I love characters like that. Like yeah. Philistine or Philistine, whatever he called that. I'm yeah. a Philistine. You know. Yeah. I'm I'm with that dude. It's just like it just cool. It isn't just an arsehole for the sake of it. You can see why what happened happened. So I like this good in a while. It's a little, um, I think it gets better at doing this kind of thing. I think Marriage Story did it better, although it's completely different. They're a good pair, because good in a while from the kid's perspective, and Marriage Story, like, revisiting it years later from the parent's perspective. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. Yeah. And Myra's story does it really well. I think he's gotten really good at that sort of dynamic. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it. It's just it's a little um hard to watch at times. Yeah, no, <laughs> I thing. I totally agree. But I also I think I'm a part of that camp where like like this film is super cringy, like it's super oh. cringy. But I I really I'm like one of those people that can really like get on board with like watching cringy things that make you feel really uncomfortable because of how like unlikable characters are and stuff. It's like Kirby enthusiasm and stuff or yeah, yeah. like Seinfeld, like these characters who are just like just such pieces of shit, but they're just really fun to watch. Like this is kind of how this is. And it, it very much like feels like a Wes Anderson film, but mm. like where it's a little bit more serious, it's t- mm. like, you know, it's not like as uh, amped up and weird and quirky. But it, like the story is very similar. The way it's shot and stuff is pretty similar. Like the vibes, the dialogue, are, the, dialogue the vibes. Like so, you you see how they were friends, like Wes Anderson and Noah Baumbach, and like make these sort of similar type of films. But like, whereas just from different angles. Yeah, whereas like Wes Anderson's ultra like stylized and likable characters, even if they're pieces of shit, he makes them likable. This is like the opposite, where it's like it's all like substance of like the written word and mm. and completely uh, stripped back it's yeah, not really very it's, showy with yeah not at all directions it's, it's like you know to the point and like in your face of like being really uncomfortable and yeah like because it's similar with the marriage story like you said and the marriage stories there's all these characters that are just like they're hard to like because but the thing is they're they feel very real they do feel real. You, you feel like you know people like this and stuff and you've you've been around people like this and, yeah and like and I said, like you said, with like feeling like an Ivan or a Frank or something, like just feeling, yeah, I'm a Philistine. Like, is this like the shit around it just makes you feel like all the way the, these people talk and they're all full of shit as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, Walt, like is just regurgitating. Like I said, the shit his father says, he's not read any of these books and stuff in school. He just like, ha- yeah, like creates like, these opinions on things and it's just destroying like, his relationship because yeah. you think that father doesn't think she pretty yeah it's like who yeah. gives a fuck yeah it's very weird very odd like jeff daniels like you said he's just playing a very unlikable character but i think it's one of his best performances he's ever given like yeah oh it's up there at least he's so good i love jeff daniel he's so good in this film and i remember seeing this like when it uh roughly around when it came out like maybe like a year or two after or something 
I might have hit it in my 2007 year or whatever, but like mm-hmm. it was, I remember seeing it and I was like, holy shit, that's a good movie. Like, and it's something I've like just wanted to watch over the years every so often. Just like I, I do like this film a lot. Fits really nicely if you want to put it into like these Wes Anderson sort of films and it's come up a lot. And that's kind of the reason why we're doing that this week. Just round it out, needing a couple more episodes to sort of like end off our September before we get into the fun stuff of Halloween. So that's why we're here talking about this film. Uh, it was released in 2005, uh, The Squid and the Whale. It marked a big turning point in the career of New York-based filmmaker Noah Baumbach. So it was his third official feature. It mm-hmm. was after Kicking and Screaming of uh, from 1995 and then Mr. Jealousy in 1997. Have you seen either one of those? No. Yeah. No, Kicking and Screaming, I always think of the Will Ferrell one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've... I've not seen, I don't know much about Mr. Jealousy, but I've not seen Kicking and Screaming either. And But I've, I've heard it through the years and it's meant to be like a pretty decent little film. I think it's about mm-hmm. like uh, sort of his experiences when he was like leaving Vassar College or whatever. And he just kind of like, you know, the characters are, I guess, similar going to Vassar, but they just don't leave. They just don't, uh, <laughs> they don't leave. Yeah, like, yeah, know, like Rushmore. Yeah, so it's that sort of thing. Like they're supposed oh, to be yeah. graduating. Mr. Jealousy, is that that weird one where it's like the guy is so jealous of his current? No. He's like so suspicious of his current girlfriend, he like stalked her ex to find out what their relationship was like. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's yeah. something weird yeah. like that. Like he gets in, he's like yeah. not afraid to like explore the sort of darkest thoughts we may have and like really playing it out. Like that's the thing with Good in the World, really uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's uncomfortable to fucking be in that situation. Mm-hmm. Your parents are getting divorced and you're split between two homes and you're growing up and you're trying to figure your shit out. It's uncomfortable. And like you're looking at four people who are supposed to be really fucking smart. Yeah. But none of them know how to fucking talk to each other and express themselves. They are completely like emotionally unintelligent. They are obviously you know literary inclined and like very smart when it comes to books and philosophy and sports and things like that but when it comes to talking to each other all that shit has been pushed down and now it i mean i mean the whole fucking metaphor of the movie squid in the whale it's the feeling that's submerged underwater and they've turned into the two like scary your parents have turned into these two scary things fighting yeah yeah and yeah. But just talking about it makes it less scary. Yeah. And he's finally able to confront it. And, yeah, it's a very, and I like it. It's a very small through line. But yeah. I, I, I do really like that metaphor. Yeah, because that's basically that is the whole thing with the giant squid and the sperm whale diorama, which are at the American Museum of Natural History, which is mm-hmm. actually seen in the film. And that's what the film is named after as well. Baumbach, actually, before, though, he did, he did the squid and the whale. He made an earlier third feature. It was called Highball, which was also released in 1997. Mr. But Baseball. He, <laughs> Mr. Highball. Mr. Highball. But he later, <laughs> he later disowned it. Um, and he was credited as Ernie Fusco like uh, instead of... Noah was it that bad? Yeah. So basically, I think what he did was he got a pretty good amount of money to make Mr. Jealousy. And he had money left over. So they just made this like... They just rushed and made this film called Highball. And it was apparently just terrible. It looked bad, uh, sounded bad. The <laughs> writing was bad. The directing was bad. It was like everything about it, the acting and everything. It was just really low budget and shite. And it just like, so he just Fair disowned enough. it. <laughs> <laughs> like, never happened. Cool. Yeah. Phil, before we get into it, let's just have a little, ourselves a little 
Snack time! No, it's not over yet. We still pretend that we'll have a little snack time now that we've got to It's snack time. We'll have a little snack time now that we've got to snack time. It's snack time. We'll have a little snack time now that we've got to what do you bring for snack time this week? I have a like laughter snack to be honest. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get something fish related. Yeah. And I was looking for fisherman friend mint. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And yeah. I couldn't find those. So instead I just got the mentos. <laughs> so you went you went from fisherman friend <laughs> mints to just mentos. I was just looking and I was like Yeah. Fuck it. I mentos. feel like one of the characters, like Walter or something, could have like been popping some Mentos before he like kissed yeah. his girlfriend or something. You know, bro. Yeah, yeah. I got it from the movie. My brother. My I, brother. I got it from the movie. My brother. My cool. brother. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have one of these. I don't think I've yeah. had a Mentos. These are the ones you put in like Diet Coke, right? And they explode. Apparently, no, I shouldn't swallow these. Yeah, it might explode your stomach. I shouldn't swallow. They're like gum, right? No, I mean you chew it and you. You do swallow it. But yeah, I'm just saying, if you swallow it whole, it will explode. And the uh, only thing that you can stop it is just to smoke a cigarette and it'll just push all the gases down, you know? Okay. Ow. I bit my tongue. <laughs> Zero. Zero. <laughs> Zero Jindy Lockett. How many days are you staying with your mom? <laughs> I have a very elegant apartment across from the park. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it tastes like minty gum. I mean, I like Mentos. I prefer the the tropical flavor ones or whatever. Like, I don't know if they're tropical, but the, the fruity flavored. Yeah, this is just mint. Yeah. Um, the Fresh Maker. The Fresh Maker. Right? Fresh Maker. Mentos. The Fresh Maker. Um, all right. Yeah. Two and a half. Two and a half days <laughs> with your ma. Yeah, well, we you know we split on the, yeah. the third day. It's every other, it's two, and then every other Thursday. Yeah. All right. Well, I too was also thinking something fish related. I wanted to get like calamari because it'd be like squid. That'd be kind of fun. But nah, yeah, was, I almost did was, calamari. Was too much trouble, and then um, also I couldn't find it. And then I was like, oh, I could do Swedish fish again. But then I've I've done <laughs> it. I've done it I almost twice, did that too. and I couldn't remember even what the flavor was the second time around because I had COVID. Fuck it. So oh, I, yeah. I got uh, Maynard's Bassett's Fizzy Fish Jelly. Oh, so basically nice. the same thing, but something different. So we're going to see how this bullshit is. Um, smells like gelatin. They look like fish. It looks exactly the same as the Swedish fish, but it's covered in like, <laughs> like sour shit, maybe. Oh, yeah. I got to say, these are better than Swedish fish. Really? Yeah, because you they're sour. Swedish I fish. like a sour thing. You're a sour guy. Mm. Mr. Sour Puss over here. It's good. These are good. How many days with your dad do you give it? Mm. This is odd because it's a childhood divorce, sort of. I was actually yeah. a bastard, technically. My parents, Thanks. this is some, oh, I'm getting so real. This is like, I feel so do comfortable it, with you guys. Um, 
you know, this week on the podcast. Uh, so my parents, when they got married, had much like the characters in this film previously been married. And uh, my mother was going through a divorce when she married my dad, her uh, divorce. She thought it was finalized, but technically it wasn't. So technically my parents were never actually legally married because when they got married, it wasn't legal. So, <laughs> okay. They broke the law for one. It's mm-hmm. Fucking, you know, polygamy going on here. Am I, am I, <laughs> yeah, <funny record. laughs> yeah. So, but then, yeah, so they, so they got, they got married, but it didn't count. So then, um, technically I'm, I'm a bastard. I'm a uh, bastard. You're a bastard. You're worked in a bastard. <laughs> Bastard from a basket. Bastard from a basket. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but actually, like when my parents split up, though, I was I was living with my mother. So it's odd to think of how many days I would get with my dad, especially if I quite like these, and I'd actually give it a, I give these a solid five oh, days really? with my dad, and I feel bad because my mom was like, I stayed with her. It's conflicting mm. now. I'm completely yeah. conflicted, Phil. I didn't mean to put you in that position. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize the Finny Fish would cause such. Yeah, you didn't realize I was a bastard. Painful memory to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Bastard. I like that. It's a thought. I was old enough as a kid um, to process that when my parents were going through that. And I thought it was really funny that I was a bastard. (laughs) Yeah. I still think it's. I wear it on my sleeve. Yeah, I still think it's funny that, like, you know, my parents were pregnant with my brother when they were married, and you can clearly see it in like their wedding photo. <laughs> it's like it just looked like a shotgun wedding, you know. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Noah Baumbach film? Ooh, um, Franz Natar or Maya Rich Story. Yeah, but Maya. I'm partial to this, and um, I liked Marriage Story quite a bit, and I liked to. Uh, in Greenberg, Noah yeah. Baumberg? Yeah, yeah. I like Greenberg. I didn't like Mistress America. I don't think I've seen any other one. Yeah, it would be fun to tell my story for sure. What about you? Yeah, I'm trying to remember if I've seen Mistress America. I or Escape to, uh, sorry, Madagascar 3. Madagascar 3? Escape to Africa, <laughs> yeah, whatever. That one's called. Did he, do he wrote that. Did you he write it? it? Oh, okay. Yeah, that was yeah. during his divorce and he needed money. Okay, yeah. Um... <laughs> No, I, I really liked Marriage Story. I thought it was really good. And I see why it was like sort of hyped where it's also uh, mad depressing. Yeah, super depressing. <laughs> yeah. I, but I see why it was really hyped and stuff. Um, but I, I've not seen, <laughs> I've, unfortunately, I've not seen um, Greenberg or Francis Ha. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't have any opinion on them. Um, but I really liked Marriage Stories when I saw it. And I'm actually, I, I am a defender of. Margot at the Wedding, I really like that film, but I know it's a lot oh. of people don't like it. I think it struggled oh, a bit because it was after Squid and the Whale as well. So it was like, like Squid and the Whale was sort of this like sort of surprise hit that mm. no one saw coming. And then like uh, Margot at the Wedding was just like, I don't know, almost even more just depressing and just weird. And it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. See, that's like my thing with like, if you watch, I think it's Mistress America. Mm. The one I'm thinking of, it's like it got all of that like really dark, depressing shit, but it's treated like a screwball comedy. Yeah, and it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work. It feels like a bit all over the place. 
you might struggle with Margot then because like Jack Black's in it. And although he's playing a pretty being serious <laughs> role at times, he is being a bit goofy at times as well. But I think it plays off pretty nicely. I mean, I give it a go. Yeah, I I, I quite like Noah Baumbach as the as the director. Yeah. Um. Although he had he did help make two of my least favorite Wes Anderson movies, so I don't really know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not a fan of. I his, don't know what to think. I'm not a fan of his collaboration with uh, Wes Anderson for some reason. Hmm. I although I I do I love Life Aquatic is an idea and everything and it's highly rated for me but like going back and watch it and like the script is very weird um (laughs) i just think they bounce off of each other really strangely as much as they complement each other they bounce off of each other like just like it's like yeah it's like magnets Mm -hmm. that are attracting like opposites you know um after eight years in the directorial witterness though because it was like from 1997 to 2005 that he didn't make a film Baumbach would finally return to the director's chair with his most insanely personal partly autobiographical screenplay for the squid in the well so Baumbach continues to call the film a work of fiction but there are a lot of personal and real life elements that he brought to the script that dealt with his own parents divorce Mm -hmm. like you said if marriage stories about his own divorce as told from the adult perspective then the squid in the well is about his parents' divorce, as told by a child's perspective. Uh, he talks a lot about how he felt like he connected to himself more than ever before when writing the script for this. And he said it was the most true he, and real he ever was with writing. It was a really transformative script for him. He said of the film, sometimes when I think about the whole experience of this, it starts to become a joke within a joke within a joke. <laughs> the film is not only inspired by my childhood and my parents' divorce, but it's also the first script that I didn't show my parents when I was working on it. Uh, it's not <laughs> that I wanted to protect them from anything. I just wanted to keep my own experience. That's really sweet. Yeah. I mean, that fucking that movie must have been brutal to write. <laughs> yeah. Like it could, it might, it must have been cathartic as well to some yeah. extent. But my god, it. He like so he claims a lot of it's like all made up and stuff. But like he, yeah. when he talks about, <laughs> when he talks about like uh, characters and stuff in the film and stuff, he talks about how much he loves, and he like he does like Bernard, and like who's truly the most despicable character in the film. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's like such a piece of shit. Yeah. But like it it's saved because Jeff Daniels is so good in it. He's you know, it, I don't know, he's so likable and he's so easy to watch and he plays it so well that it just mm-hmm. comes off really well. But like he is such a cunt of a character, really. <laughs> but yeah, like Noah Baumbach like will talk about that character lie about how he he like likes him and he thinks that he's like sympathetic and he feels bad for him and all that sort of stuff. But then, like you, you start to find out, like it, it's weird. It's like he, I, it's, I think he struggles to be honest with how this film is a lot how more. Honest to film it, yeah, because like with the whole father character being like a writer, his father is a writer, and mm-hmm. there's certain stories and stuff that his father wrote that are like um, very similar to some of the stories apparently that are the stories that uh, Bernard writes, you know, and. Or like just weird little things and being obsessed with tennis and all these like weird little quirks and stuff are very similar to apparently his real father. So it's mm-hmm. like it's strange. McEnroe, he's an artist. <laughs> yeah. Weird shit. 
Yeah, so you you can just imagine like that whole dynamic must be weird because he really like he's he's like oh I have a great relationship with my parents you know sure you do but yeah now but then he writes this like really sort of cutting film about him I don't know it's odd <laughs> it's very odd really weird yeah I wouldn't uh, trust him hundred percent on that yeah well it took a long time for this film to get made as I think we mentioned around our Life Aquatic episode uh, he started to try to get it made around two thousand but it wasn't really commercial enough and it took four years to finally get funding. Uh, after he was basically desperate for funding, he said he, he'd make it for whatever he could get. And like we said in the life aquatic episode, Bombeck had impressed Wes Anderson with this script, which is what led Bombeck to helping Wes Anderson write the life aquatic. No Bombeck originally wanted Wes Anderson to direct the squid in the well, but Wes Anderson convinced Bombeck to direct it himself because the film is very personal to Bombay. It would have been weird to make that into a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Not only did Wes Anderson bring his producing hat to the project, he also brought Robert Yeaman as the cinematographer who shot the film on Super 16. And he also like mostly used handheld camera. So it's kind of a bit of a, a difference like you know he you can see in the film a little bit there's a lot of that like sort of walking around and following characters sort of thing and it makes it feel really personal and then like mm. you're like there with that family and i think that's what works a little bit and also like just like shows off new york really well as well it's like it just looks really cool and like uh i think that's something else that he really wanted to do i don't really get why he said it in the 80s with the, the exception that's when he grew up right yeah but it's just like it doesn't feel like the 80s, really, except for maybe the tennis references. The tennis references, and I guess the Pink Floyd references. Yeah. And I think that's the only t- you know. Because even the clothes and everything, nothing really looks like... It doesn't, doesn't scream 80s, you know? No, I guess, but I feel like you could... Yeah, with some of the specifics that only worked. Like him ripping off the Pink Floyd song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't do that in 2005, because everybody had the fucking internet. Yeah. You could do that as a child of the 80s, <laughs> yeah. and you're figuring not everybody is listening to this record, yeah. because I am smart, and I am an intellectual, and my, uh, you know, I, have show, <laughs> I was shown this record, and I am special. I, I am smart. Nobody else is smart. Just me. <laughs> Another thing that Wes Anderson brought to the table was Bill Murray. He was set to star <laughs> in the film as Bernard. Bernard. Dude. I could, yeah, I could see it. That would have been amazing. I mean, I'm glad we got Jeff Daniels, but I would have liked to have seen that version. Would have been pretty yeah. I mean, Bill Murray would go on to do that in pretty much every other West End. Yeah, movie, true. <laughs> 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 but he backed out of uh, doing the film after he wanted to take a break after Jim Jarmusch's uh, Broken Flowers. Oh yeah. John yeah. Turturro was also said to have been considered for the role. Yeah, I can't see anyone on but Jeff Daniels now. Yeah, with that beard as well, with that majestic beard. That was another thing. <laughs> Apparently. I think like uh, Noah Baumbach was like, you need to have a beard for this. So there's something else. Jeff Daniels was like filming around the same time. And like the reason why his character has a beard in that film is because of this. Film. <laughs> and it's like, I think it also caused some problems maybe on that film. <laughs> but like, I mean, yeah, it looks good, man. You just yeah, keep it. Such a good beard. Yeah. The film really allowed Jeff Daniels to shine in a more serious fashion because he made a career out of being more lighthearted or comedic actor, you know, it's like he's in like something wild and dumb and dumber and, dumb and dumber. My yeah. favorite Martian. Yeah. So it's all these like he's always a, he's a great actor, but just like the range on yeah. Jeff Daniels. This is what showed the range. 
Yeah. This turned him into like a fucking John C. Riley type, you know, like someone who's like, holy shit, <laughs> you know, you can do like some amazing fucking acting, but also be hilarious in comedic roles. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love him in Dumb and Dumber. Holy shit. Yeah, me too. So and he's great in like the newsroom. Yeah. He's great. I mean, he's a really underrated yeah. actor. I, would, I just like watching Jeff Daniel. Well, he says that it wouldn't if it wasn't for Squid in the Well, like there wouldn't be Jeff Daniels in the newsroom. So, like <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. So he like he's very appreciative of the role. Uh, Anna Paquin's in this film as well. She plays Jeff Great. Daniels' love interest and love student Lily. Yeah, I love Anna yeah. Paquin as well. Like she's Boy, so cool. good. She's great. She played that again. The two of them really well. But I always forget about this. Nine years before this film, she played Jeff Daniels' daughter in Fly Away Home. Oh, did she? Yeah, so it's this film where, like... And now she's dating him? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's fucked up. So it's like Anna Paquin's character hatches, like, a nest of abandoned goose eggs and teaches them, like, the baby geese to fly. And that's the whole thing, (laughs) Fly Away Home. So she, like, her and Jeff Daniels, they build this sort of, like, uh, little motorized airplane thing that like looks like a, a big goose and she flies it off and all the geese follow her and they fly it like you know south for the winter mm-hmm. yeah. um, and it's just like a silly like you know like you know family film so Jeff Daniels said that like while they were filming it was a bit awkward for both of them because obviously he probably would have felt like a father figure to her and he's, he was asked in one interview like how he and Anna Paquin got through filming their intimate scenes. And he said, he just tried not to think about, you know, geese. (laughs) 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 Oh man. I couldn't find a lot about some of these other characters and stuff. It was really, to be honest, like hard to find a lot about this film in general, which is really strange. Um, But I think Mm -hmm. it's just because it was like that weird period of time where it was like before he was popular. And it's just one of those things that it's like, it's it's a cult indie film, you know. It's like it's not like there's not a lot of shit about it, but I mean, it did get made into a Criterion film, so you know, it's like it's well respected and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, J- Jesse Eisenberg obviously like had an amazing career launched off of this film as well. I think like he really like I think this Definitely. is where he perfected that Eisenberg. Yeah. Now you see me. Doing it since. Now you see me too. <laughs> now you see me now. <laughs> All the good, <laughs> all that good don't. stuff. No, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Laura Linney's also incredible as a mother. Like she's, she's always so great. Good. Yeah, she's great in like fucking Primal Fear. Yeah, she's amazing Primal in Fear. Primal Fear. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but she's great and uh, yeah. Truman Show and Truman we've, Show, yeah. we've spoken about it before. Yeah. She's great. She's great. She's just like so believable. To be honest, she has a very like uh, Julianne Moore quality to her in this film. You know, like. Mm-hmm. just i don't know maybe it's just the red hair or something but like some but you know she's just giving a really fucking like good serious performance and like seems so believable i think that's the thing about this film is just like it feels like you said being a child of divorce it just feels like fucking relatable as hell like you've <laughs> been through this you've seen this shit you've had these conversations or like You've had to sit in that room. Yeah, you felt that tension and stuff. And it's like one of those things where you're just like, Mom, Dad, we get it. You don't like each other. Just please, like, stop Leave doing this. out of it. Yeah, stop doing this whole, like, oh, we're staying together for the sake of the children thing. We get it. You guys don't <laughs> like being together, and it's so much better if you just split up. It's fine. <laughs> we're old enough. Cool. We understand, just Mom. do it. Dad. You should, probably should have done it earlier, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I don't know. That's, I mean, that was my own experience anyway. Yeah. Stand out for me. Like, obviously, like you said, Ivan's great. William Baldwin. Hilarious. My brother. But Frank, oh my God, this kid. This kid. Fuck you, ass man. Like, I <laughs> say that in my head a lot, like, from this film. Like, no lie. I think about that line so much after seeing this film years and years ago, and it stuck with me. It's one of those things. Almost 15 years. years or whatever. So funny. <laughs> Fuck you, ass that man. Kid is great. This kid's yeah. wild, man. He's just like, I mean, like, it's weird the cashews sticking up his nose, whatever. But like the, oh yeah, like drinking the beers and stuff. It's just hilarious. The really like, like you know, strange moments of him alone. I mean, I guess I was like a, I was a bit of a latchkey kid growing up. Like my mom was always like away, like on work trips and shit. My dad would come, like he didn't live with us, so he would come over and hang out. But like I was home alone a lot, and like I never did shit like this. This is like odd stuff. Yeah, this I kid's discovering to, like- his sexuality as well, and it's just really an odd time. A lot happening, and it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's the line. And it's happening all at once, happening a lot. I can relate to some bits, you know, it's like you're discovering your sexuality, and you probably do weird shit that if someone caught on camera, it'd be really weird. <laughs> yeah. I never put anything, you know, yeah. on like I never spread anything on a public place, yeah. but like and like dr- drinking, yeah, sneaking away to like drink beer and just yeah. do shit that like. You don't even like, but you do because you're trying to act grown up almost. Yeah. And it really, he played that way. He, yeah, just like really, if you're even just learning to talk and learning to swear, so you get funny line. Yeah. They're just throwing swear words together. Like, yeah. fuck that cock shit. You know, <laughs> that's that like, cock shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like, he just doesn't know how to do it. Like, he's the one when when Jeff Downing did that, he's like, oh, no, no, your mom, your, your mom and I, um, you know. We're just waiting for your mother now. Okay. Um, you know, we're, we're getting separate. And before he can even say it, Frank is already fucking crying. Yeah. <laughs> he's like just really emotionally yeah. something. You can feel it. He already knows it's happening. And he just, he can't understand it. He's just like, yeah. why? And he's like, what about the cat? What about the cat? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Didn't think about the cat. Shit. Did you notice there's something that makes that scene even weirder? Like, it's like before... They're waiting on Laura Lenny to come into the room. So we're waiting on your mother. And he mm. starts crying and stuff. But then, like, she starts coming in. You can hear the toilet flush. And she comes out, yeah. obviously, in a bathroom. And Jesse Eisenberg, like, Walt was just like, oh, God, mom, geez. Like, <laughs> she just so took a massive odd. shit. <laughs> yeah. It's so Ugh. odd. Such an odd. That makes it even weirder if you're, because that's just such a weird, like, a fucking hard scene. And then it's yeah. probably then just start smells like joke. shit the whole time. <laughs> just to add to it. Yeah. It's like in the air. Just a layer of shit permeating in the air. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with Frank's thing, I think it's uh, just the divorce makes him grow up way too quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's the way he's seeing himself. He almost, it's like a child is lost because of that, because of the way they handled it. And that's the real sadness of his character. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I mean, you know, I guess I can relate to some of that in certain bits because you're kind of left alone a bit and you kind of get up to shit. It's no good. But I don't know, man. 12. Some of the stuff he was doing is a bit odd. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I guess I was like a few years older, like probably 15 when I start to experiment with booze. But, beef, yeah, but not alone. Not until I was like, you know, 18 and broken hearted. You know, the, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the alone times you're drinking alone. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, no, this kid's great. He's hilarious. He's the you know he's the son of Kevin Klein and Phoebe Cates. Really? Yeah. And I didn't know that until I was doing the research for this, and I knew his name was Owen Klein, and I like I think I looked up years you know over the years looked up to kind of see if he is doing anything, and he's not. He's just not <laughs> doing anything. One and done. Um, but you know it's fine. Like he put in a really solid fucking performance in this film. It's yeah. kind of a shame that he wasn't doing more. Yeah. But he's also like the brother of Greta Klein, who was also in this film as uh, Sophie's, I think, younger sister. And Greta Klein is, uh, uh, she goes by the name Frankie Cosmos. I don't know if you like. Don't know. Great name. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if she like still goes by that. But like, that's like, a, I think she's sort of like a up and coming like indie rock artist and stuff. So but anyway. Yeah. So. I didn't even know that was a thing, and apparently they're still married. I had no idea Kevin Klein was married to Phoebe Cates. No, me neither. Yeah. I think a lot of kids of the 80s are like probably crushed now. Crushed, yeah. yeah. Phoebe Cates and Phoebe Cates. Awake thing. Yeah. Isn't there a big age gap between them? Or do I am, am I just imagining Kevin Klein is perpetually old? I mean, but they're both old? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm imagining him even old in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. She's 58. It doesn't matter now. It's probably evened out. Yeah, she's 58 and he is 73. I'm, so, yeah, a bit of a gap. Yeah, bit of gap. I mean, that kid does look like yeah. both of them. Yeah, he does. Fair. Yeah. He's great. I, I really like him. I mean, like, I love, I love, like, all the character dynamics and stuff. It's just, it's funny. Like, Ivan just, like, you know, he's just so into Ivan, but <laughs> his dad just doesn't take Ivan seriously. But it's just like his dad's full of shit. Yeah, and Ivan's nice. Yeah, he might be a bit dumb, but he's genuine. Yeah, yeah, and I can, and I can relate. Always take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into a little bit of music. <laughs> Dramatic. Original music was done by Britta Phillips and Dean Wareman, uh, but on the soundtrack we have songs like "Drive" by the Cars. <laughs> The, he just wanted an 80s, 80s tune, right? Yeah. We got the swimming song in Lullaby by Lyndon Wainwright III. We've got Heart Like a Wheel by Kate and Nana McGargill. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got uh, Let's Go by the Feelies and Street Hassle <laughs> by Lou Reed. So some fun little songs. I was listening to the soundtrack uh, a little bit. It was all right. But of course, there's the two big things you got love on a real train which is a tangerine dream but <laughs> it's the song from risky business that's playing when the kid <laughs> is uh just drinking beers and home alone and doing all this weird stuff with himself since when beer. do you drink beer since recently <laughs> 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 that's a great arm. Yeah. and then of course the song of the film hey you hey you Pink. out there on your own how did he not think that people are going to like, oh, it's a so stupid. popular song. And you're like watching it play out and you're just waiting for it to blow up. You're yeah. like, this is so stupid. It's like the dumbest thing a quote unquote smart person could do. Yeah. So he won, yeah. he won this talent competition as well. Do you think he would have like remained the winner? Had he just said it was a cover? Is it because he lied? And Probably he said not. He it? it was like a, yeah. It, yeah, I get could isn't just a like a talent concept. Yeah, like who a gives a shit? Songwriting, it's yeah. fucking high school. Who gives yeah. a shit? There's like but kids just, doing like 
bizarre things that don't even make sense. Like, you know. I mean, it, it, it's indicative of a fucking bigger problem of Jesse Eisenberg, who just, like, clearly becoming a fucking lying piece of shit. <laughs> and is too proud to. He's sociopathic in that way. He yeah. won't even, like, admit that he's lying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that it's not his song. It's a very popular Pink Floyd song. Yeah. I love when the Adam Pack one weird. just catches on immediately. She's like, you're, oh, you wrote that song, eh? <laughs> she was uh, like, I used to, like, what did she say? I used to turn in, like, uh, poems by, like, who was it? Like, she said she used to just take poems from and just turn them in. I forget. Pass them on as her own. Or is yeah. it, like, Lou Reed songs or something? I don't know. Yeah. Although the movie is, like, heavily autobiographical, like I said. Noah Baumbach said he never pretended to have written Hey You by Pink Floyd for a school contest. In reality, a friend of his did it with a song by The Who. Um, That's funny. So what did Wes Anderson and what did um, <laughs> a quick one while he, <laughs> he's away? He's away. Yeah, maybe. Baumbach borrowed the story because he felt like it's something that could have come from his own childhood. So that's why he did it. And I think, it, I mean, it works well. It's a nice little touch to the film. It's pretty funny. Uh, For sure. The Squid and the Well was filmed in 23 days in New York City. 23 days, dude. Nothing. And it premiered at Sundance in January 2005, where it won awards for Best Dramatic Direction and Screenwriting, and it was nominated for the Grand Jury Prize. The film would go on to be released in October 2005, becoming a surprise hit, making a whopping $11.2 million on a $1.5 million budget. So it was Ten a times the budget. Nice, right. nice little uh, surprise for him. A uh, nice bit of critics praised the film ebert and roper both gave the film thumbs up premiere critic glenn kenny praised the film writing that it was a rare film that can be convincingly tender bitterly funny and ruthlessly cutting over the course of fewer than 90 minutes the Squid and the Whale not only manages it but it contains moments the sake with all three qualities at the same time Time critic Richard Corliss wrote, uh, The Squid in the Well is a domestic tragedy recollected as comedy, a film whose catalog of deceits and embarrassments and of love falling over itself makes it as excruciatingly painful as it is exhilaratingly funny. (laughs) The movie earns Baumbach an Oscar nomination as well for Best Screenplay, as well as a slew of other awards and nominations. So Jesus, man. Like, did all right. You did all right. Did all right. <laughs> so closing thoughts. Squid in the well, Phil. How how's it stand with you? Sad. Sad. Um, it's one of those Oh, it's like um it's like the Darjeeling in a way where it's like it's it's upsetting because like since initially watching it and rewatching it recently, I've like you know, experienced more of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like so now it's just really at the raw nerve to hit with me right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I like Grinwell, even for all its um, like unbearable artholishness. Yeah, with all the characters, um, but it's honest and uh, raw, and it's well made, and it's it's relatable, and it's it's funny, and it's worth watching, especially especially if you have any experience with that sort of uh, upbringing. Yeah. Um, I like it. And then you can, it's interesting to see where he came from versus where he is now, considering he's still very much, it's still writing about those things, yeah. those themes. Yeah. And seeing how 
think of like marriage story is a much more mature look at thing, but kind mm-hmm. of looking at it from, but almost just in childish in a sort of reverse formula there. It's a hard one to recommend though, um, because it's no, I don't know if you're going to enjoy it, but it's a good movie. Yeah, no, I think you can enjoy it for being a good film, but like mm. it's definitely uh, one of those films that I think is a tough watch if you have been through those things or can, I don't know, have any sort of feelings, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, if you can empathize. So yeah, I mean, you know? yeah, it's that's a good point to put it. It's like, because this is like coming from a more childish sort of look at it. But like, like we said, it's like from a child's perspective of dealing with like his parents divorce of how he felt probably as a child and all that, like working up and probably sitting and festering over it for years. And then like how he's able to evolve, like probably on these same sort of feelings with marriage story or something like that. But like um, applying it to his own life with, uh, with marriage story of with his own divorce from Jennifer Jason Lee, which is uh, largely mm. believed of what marriage story is kind of about like those yeah. two and if you watch it and you just know, like, yeah, it's if if it's like obviously slightly, you know, changes here, you know, there's changes here and there, but it's it's slightly, you know, fictional. But like, it's still mm-hmm. like it's a fucking writer and a fucking <laughs> and a fucking actress who are going through a really fucking messy divorce. So I mean, yeah, it's um, it's an it's it's an interesting. I think, like I said earlier, coming out party for Noah Baumbach. Like, it really is the film that kind of put him on the map and like he's For been sure. able to expand upon since and i really like it i like knowing bone back i know he's probably not everyone's cup of tea but it's you know it's a fun little like film him. i think like there's a lot of really good performances and then also there's enough in it that's very fucking funny like to do <laughs> yeah, painfully yeah so it's like like i said if you like cringe and stuff it's good where would you rank this does Bombeck have a chance with his one shot <laughs> taking down the um, Andersons. He has more of a shot than Paul W. F. Anderson, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is really <laughs> better than Mortal Kombat. Um, <laughs> I don't know. This would, I think you could throw a dot and it would hit like maybe somewhere in the middle of a West Anderson lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just because they're a bit closer. Mm-hmm. His more recent movie, I think, definitely would fucking would rank up with PTA and with Anderson. I really like his last two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is getting there. I don't know. Cause it's not even like any like obvious flaws beyond that. It's a tough watch and it's uncomfortable and it's full of unlikable characters. <laughs> yeah. You know, beyond yeah. that, it is well made um, and it's well explored. So it's like any, I'd, it hadn't really changed that much. Like thinking of marriage story in this, but like a lot of similar sort of conversations and themes to be had. Yeah, definitely. But that one just it more, I don't know, maybe it's just a bit louder with it. Like the bigger, the big, heavy emotional themes, and you know what they are, and they hit hard. Where this is a little quieter, a little more subtle, a little more devastating because of that. You know, there's only just certain lines. It's not, they never have a big, their big argument is a couple of lines outside the school or whatever mm-hmm. and that bit really great it's like the only time jeff daniels like breaks where he's like it was fucking torture that bit yeah that bit is really harrowing like really affecting because there's not much of it in the movie and maybe that's it it feels so uh detached and repressed because the characters are 
with Marriage Story, literally, it's about fucking actress and a, yeah. a film a writer, and they're big and they're over the top and they're more than happy to share their feelings. There's so much feelings on display. Um, yeah, but this is also coming from the perspective of it's it's like it's the children who are witnessing this as well. So they're not yeah. going to be privy to all the conversations that you get in Marriage Story, which are the adults going at it. Yeah, exactly. And, maybe, so and you know, there's only those certain scenes that the child that's caught in the middle of Marriage Story, like, you know. Oh, yeah, because the kid is in the car. That's why we hear that thing. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's are all the stories and things that get divulged. Like, I didn't even talk about this. Like, the stories that, like, she starts to talk about. And it's, like, these uncomfortable things that you don't want to hear and stuff. Or, or like, even yeah. Bernard starts to say it's that petty bullshit about, like, oh, she was, like, oh, she had an affair and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, this like, guy, this, this guy. is stuff that I remember as a kid, like, my parents doing. More so my dad doing as well, but like it was like hearing this shit, but like having these conversations with my parents, like where one's like saying shit to kind of pit me against the other or something like just like this really petty bullshit. And then the other one saying like something back or then you also get those stories of like, you know, the way she says, I mean, there was no one like Bernard back then. Yeah. And like those are those same conversations. So that's like why it's really relatable for me. Um, Mm. So if, if you look at it through that, perspective like it, yeah if you think of like all of those hard-hitting conversations that you don't hear well it's probably because it's like it's for the kids it's you're catching the kids bits are catching only the bits and pieces and it's at when it's exploding really yeah the at the worst yeah. or actually maybe moment. the the exploding bits already happened the kids missed it all because their parents really do try to They're hide done. That shit. yeah yeah and he bernard feels like he wants to try yeah but he I don't know how much I believe him. Yeah. You know, yeah. that feels like a very guy yeah. thing to say, be like, I tried everything. I'll make like, some hamburgers. Yeah. I made a hamburger one. I made veal cutlets. The boys loved it. And she's just laughing hysterically. She can't believe on the it. Fucking floor. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah. And it's like no happy ending, no bow. It's like, yeah. you just have to fucking learn to live with the squid and the whale. Yeah. That's the point. You're That's not going to beat them. Um, where would it rank for you? Like for Noah Baumbach, or would it doesn't it touch the other Anderson? Yeah, like the honorary Anderson. I'm, a, I'm a, <laughs> uh, like again, like I, it's definitely better than Paul W. S. Anderson. Uh, <laughs> probably any of his films, um, which is fine because his films are fun. I love more. They're Kombat. different. We yeah. had a lot of fun last week. Well, Kombat about is more fun than Squid in the yeah, Whale for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Squid in the Whale is like yeah, kind of in that middle point of. Wes Anderson films. I'm trying to think of where I could rank it like through my list of Wes Anderson's, but like, you know, I, I do like it a lot. I think it's a good film. Like you said, he has gotten better over the years, like, you know, filmmaking in general, but this is like a good kind of like beginning. Um, even though it wasn't his first, but it feels like his, <laughs> his proper first. I don't think many people go back and really rate a lot of those early ones. And maybe they should, I don't know. Yeah. Like, um, but I think he's still kind of in that period of time where he still has a lot left, probably like because even like, you know, marriage story felt like it was a big coming out party for him. You know what I mean? Like where it was like now this is the big time, you know, like <laughs> even though he's done quite a few things that were really well respected and stuff, but he still felt like he was in that sort of indie level filmmaker. Now it's like marriage story was like this Netflix film and it was like it just felt like a you know, I guess his others were as well, but this one felt bigger 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was like, so now it seems like he's starting to establish himself as an upper echelon director. And it's kind of interesting Definitely. to see where you go from there. Cause that I've seen him, could be I've seen him grow to then. Yeah. Cause yeah. like he came onto my radar with front to top. Yeah. And I don't know how big that was generally, but like with me and my friend at uni, that was a big deal. That movie, we like watched it a lot. We came obsessed with it. And then from there, I've I've been following and I've gone back to some of the early ones. And it's been, it would kind of, it's been hit and miss, I guess. But I have really enjoyed where he's at now. So I I do watch with much interest to see where he's going. Now I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm excited for whatever the next Noah Baumbach movie is. Yeah. And that's not the same for one of the other Anderson. <laughs> which, Paul W.S. You know, Anderson, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. No, it's a shame. We we kind of forgot to do this, but like uh, sort of closing up the because this is it. This is finally it. This is the end of. There's no more interruptions. This is the end. Knock knock. Of Who Anderson versus Anderson versus <laughs> Anderson versus a film produced by Anderson. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is the end. We will. I mean, obviously, we've said it every time. We will jump back in with those new films, um, not Soggy Bottom and the German Dispatch. <laughs> We'll get to those when they come out, but like, yeah, like this is it. And we kind of joked about like, oh, we should talk about things that we want to see from these directors going forward. Oh, yeah. We kind of forgot to do that at the end of the Grand Budapest episode. And I, you know, I did say in the Budapest episode, one of my ideas was like the like a a jailbreak film would be really fun for Wes Anderson with George Clooney. From Grand Budapest. Yeah. Just like fleshed out. Like, I, I think that'd be really fun, like set in a jail. You can have all your quirky characters and it, it would look great. He would make it look great. And I'm sure the costumes will look awesome. It'd be fun time. So, yeah, that's what I'd like to see. I'm curious about um, I don't want to say too much about uh, Licorice the Pizza, the trailer. I'm down. But like, I'm it looks really fun. It. Like, it looks um, really cool. I, I think like what I most want from PTA is to like trip back a little bit like mm. just like not don't you don't have to make a fucking three hour film every time so it was this, actually kind of refreshing the phantom thread was a bit shorter yeah you know, like, and even and this one looked fairly lighter yeah so just from the trailer yeah it's it, like it has that sort of vibe of a mix of um kind of everything he's he's done up to this point but like getting back to the roots of like a boogie nights but also like it has it feels like it kind of has that quality of maybe a little bit of um punch drunk and that's kind of what i want it had that seemed to have that like whimsical uh yeah fantastical quality it looked like really fun and dreamlike Mm -hmm. the way i've described it to people and i don't know if i can say it it's like it looks to me like boogie night but through the prism of an inherent vice it looked like inherent vice yeah stylistically it looked beautiful like sun-drenched film but you're talking about kids growing up in the 70s. It also is, so, is yeah. shot. And you're dealing with Hollywood and stuff. Yeah, it's edited a lot like uh, the way his Heim videos uh, yeah. look. So if you Honorary Heim, those, just uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, so yeah, we do have Alana Heim in the film as well. So it's yeah. it's interesting. But that's all we'll say about it. What, uh, yeah. what, what would you like to see from these directors? I want to see just, I would like to see Wes Anderson go back. Yeah. To small personal stories. Mm-hmm. 
I'm just not down with the string of cameo. Yeah, like fewer characters for sure. Fewer characters, please. Yeah, and PTA. Um, I I remember speaking to Jamie about this, and he'd like I would he said he would love to see like a PTA horror movie. Oh yeah, like what yeah, yeah. like what Kubrick did for The Shining. Yeah, and I thought that was interesting. I'd like to see him just tackle a bunch of different genres. Yeah, I feel I like he could what a, really do that. He could do it. Yeah. I've seen a PTA rom com, and I've seen his period movie, and I've kind of seen a war movie. I've kind of seen the Hollywood movie. Um, and so yeah, I'd like to see I, what I'd really want. Really, it's a straight up comedy with Maya Rudolph at the lead. Oh, dude. And yeah. do like a bridesmaid but PT directed by PTA. I just think that would be wonderful. Like could he had that in him. Yeah. And it's there in every movie. And but yeah, I don't know. He has one of the best female comedians at his disposal. <laughs> like yeah. she's so good. Like so funny. So likable. So watchable. <laughs> like Yeah. And she deserves to have like like that fucking she, she vehicle. She's vehicle. never had that yeah. like leading fucking role like that like yeah i mean she's amazing as in uh dramas as well to be honest like she could fucking lead a drama away we go away we go is one of my she favorites underrated like really underrated particularly just i, I mean i want to talk about that film one day but it's one of those I just wait don't who's know. coming through the door <laughs> damn man <laughs> what <laughs> what what? <laughs> what are you doing here <laughs> No, I do. I think there's that one fucking scene in that film with the little kid. Beckett, what is that? That's a fern. That's right. This is a fern. What's that? That's a cactus. That's a cactus. That's right. And what is the the plural of cactus, huh? Cacti. That's right. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Baby. That's right. That's a baby. This lady is about to have a baby, huh? Any day now. Four in three months. Thank you. Hey, tell the nice lady what you know about babies. No, go, go on, tell the nice people. What... Beckett, you're being rude. Babies like to breathe and they're good at hiding it. I put a pillow over a baby. I thought she wasn't breathing, but she was. She was sneaky, but I'll try again. Like it's just like oh like creepy little <laughs> kid line is just like the way he says yeah. it's just like ugh yeah the way we go is really good so yeah I I'd, I'd like to see that for sure that's a good shout just my Rudolph mm. anything comedy would be just, great just of course, do anything but even like a drama like PTA do anything could PTA like the the part of the joy I never know what you're gonna do next yeah and I always love it um so we'll see yeah both of them I'm gonna follow. They've they've got enough street cred with me. I've fucking watched all their movies. I might as well keep going. <laughs> the OCD in me won't let me skip one now. Yeah, or or I, I am I your OCD now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. New Anderson movie. Got to bring it back. Bring the theme song back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to. I mean, even French Dispatch will be interesting to see. Hopefully, it's better than than uh, you know. Grand I'm, I'm assuming it's. I'm surprised good. nobody gave a shit for that. What, Grand Budapest? Yeah. I don't know. We just shout on yeah. the most popular Wes yeah. Anderson movie. It goes to show. I don't think anyone cares what we have to say. Nobody actually cares. Yeah. <laughs> well, They're going to care Phil, when we start talking with. about more combat. It's over. It's over. Which means next Ooh. week. No, 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 no. They're not party puppets. It's fucking October next week. Uki Uki. Time to 
time to get spooky. Spooky. <laughs> yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, times. next week it's uh, gonna be an episode from our new series that's gonna be called Vampires, Witches, and Werewolves. Oh my! Oh my! Uh, yeah, so the first episode is going to be from... It's exactly what it sounds like. Every week, there's going to be a different theme. As chosen by you, we've given you a series of four films for each category. And you've gotten to choose over on social media or via Patreon. So uh, if you if it's still out, I doubt it will be by the time this episode goes out because we've got to get ahead. So we don't know currently what we are doing but we know it's going to be a <laughs> witch film one of those it's a vampire movie <laughs> a vampire film god damn it <laughs> we know it's going to be a vampire film it's going to be fun so halloween time is upon us it's the most wonderful time of the year in my opinion i love <laughs> it's halloween. the most wonderful time yeah so the next four weeks, we'll be doing these Halloween-themed films for Halloween, which is great. So we're going to have some spooky ookies coming your way. And then we've got a fun little mini-series coming up before we move on to Christmas. Oh, my God. So stay oh my tuned. God. As always, you can find us at the PCC Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, or you can pop us emails at podcast at PrinceCharlesCinema.com. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. If you want to hear your stuff read out on the air, just pop us a message. Say hi. Tell us how we're doing, whatever. Tell us we suck. It's fine. Uh, we'd like to you suck. Out. Uh, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> if you like the podcast, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. $5 or more a month gets you bonus episodes. And also, if you're a patron, no matter what level you're at, $1, as low as $1, you can get these episodes early, at least by two days, hopefully. Uh, unless, like, unless we fuck up and like last time I have a mental breakdown <laughs> in which case you might have to wait yeah but anyway uh, I'm Jonathan Foster you can find me at tall for all T-A-L-L the number four A-L-L on Twitter Instagram and my band's page at Facebook Phil where can people find you not far away Ned on Twitter and in um, real life in real life I'm just hanging out sad boy just love sad boy just loving life and just repping nothing. Yeah. Just trying to make it through the day. <laughs> but we get by one day at a time. Mm-hmm. 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 I feel like we should have made like an Anderson mm-hmm. Pinata or something. Just beat the shit out of it? Just beat the shit out of it. Would just it, to get all the frustration out. Would just be shaped like uh, Wes Anderson or Paul Thomas Anderson? Both. Both of them. Like half and half. Half yeah. and half of their faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> half man, half bear, half pig. Yeah. Oh it's like God. half PTA, half Wednesday, <laughs> half Paul W. Yeah. That's the horror film, actually, that's coming up. We don't know what it is next week. It's a film directed by all of them together. Together. <laughs> Shit. It's like the four rooms. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, I hope that I hope uh, people enjoyed it and followed us yeah. through the whole thing. Yeah. Could so I barely did. Yeah. <laughs> Phil. Are you a Anderson guy? Uh, or an Anderson guy? Or an Anderson guy? <laughs> or produced by Anderson guy? My brother, you know me. I'm an Anderson guy. <laughs> Fuck you, ass man. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective. 
home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Copa Connections, A Drip Town Limery, Maine, Franchise, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.